0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Philippians chapter 1. says, Paul and Timothy, bondservants, this is Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, bondservants of Jesus Christ, To all the saints in in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and the deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests, requests for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, that, that scripture, verse 6, is a scripture that is one of my favorite scriptures that I just love, and, and it's something that I refer back to. And I, I encourage you, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with this scripture, if it's not on your go-to list of scriptures just to read, you ought to put it on your go-to list. But it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, We'll complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, obviously here in the auditorium, we've got construction going on and things going on, and we're in the middle of a process of, of changing from what it was to what it will be. But you in know, all of our lives, we're all going through a process of change. There are things that, that uh, 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 we're in places in our lives where where you are today is not where you're ultimately going to be. And Paul said, listen, he said, I remember who you were when you were young. I remember you when you were first born again. He said, I remember you from the first days even till now. You know, really, Paul was an amazing man. He had such a heart for the church and and he labored for the church and had such a desire to see them to mature and to to develop into what God had called them to do. He said, listen, I I remember you. I'm fond of you. I give thanks for you. And I remember you in the beginning, but then I'm confident of this very thing that the good work That God began in you. He will bring to completion in your life. Uh, The Amplified of this says, I am convinced and sure of this very thing. I'm going to read that again. I am convinced and sure of this very thing. That he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Right up to the time of his return. Woo, glory be to God. And if you can tell, we're getting close to that day. Amen. It says, right up until the day or the time of of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in your life. The message Bible says, there has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you will keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Jesus appears. You know, I love that, that phrase in the message, a flourishing finish. A flourishing finish. Everybody say flourishing finish. Pastor started something evil last week when he did made fun of people who had people repeat him. Anyway, a flourishing finish. He said. He said. He said. I'm looking for that in your life. I'm trust. I'm confident. I like what he said. I don't even have the slightest doubt in my mind. There's not even the slightest of doubt in my mind. You know, God is a good starter. How many know that God's a good starter? I like what Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen it says. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away; all things have become new. And I love the first part of verse eighteen. And now, all things are of God. Do you like that as much as I do? I, I love adding in the the first part of verse eighteen. The old is past; everything has become new. And now, all things are of God. See, God is a finisher. I mean, he, he started in you. He, he started eternal life in you. He, he went in the very beginning, he starts off, he fills you with joy, with peace, right? Gives you authority in life, gives you power, gives you purpose. You know, for a lot of people, before they, before they knew Jesus, purpose was something they really didn't have. But I tell you, in Christ, there's nothing but purpose for your life. In him, there's nothing but purpose for you. Amen? God is a good starter. But as good of a starter as God is, He's also a great finisher. You know, I, I, God is not like many people today who have a little bit of issues with ADD. Aren't you glad? You know, and He started creating the heavens and the universe in Genesis chapter one. He didn't start, and then day number one, day number two, day number three, and then He got distracted. You know, is Pluto really a planet? I don't know. You know, started of debate it with the boys, and completely forgot what He was doing. No, what He started, He finished. God is a good finisher. Listen, God is not done with you. He's not finished with you. The new birth was, yes, it was the end of an old life, but it's the beginning of a new life. It's the beginning of the good things that God has for you, amen? The scripture in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, Eye has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. The last several weeks, you know, that scripture has just been ringing true on the inside of me. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has even entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Does anybody in here love Jesus this morning? Woo, I tell you what, well, let me tell you this. If you love the Lord, if you're in relation with him, you can't even imagine, you can't even begin to think or dream of the things that God has prepared for you. See the new birth was, was the end of an old life, but it's just the beginning of a new life. It's just the beginning of a new journey. It's just the beginning of new days and new things for us. And God is a finisher of those things. Amen. Uh, uh another scripture, uh, uh, that I love Let we find, I wrote it down here. My notes are kind of all over the place here. This is kind of how I go, I skip around too much. In Ephesians chapter two, I love this too. It says, for for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works lest anyone should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Listen, when God created you, he created you for good works. What does that mean? He had a future for you. He had a plan for you. He had a destiny for you. But it goes on beyond, beyond that. It says, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, God has things for us. God has something designed for each of us. And it's not just something that he designs. I always think of, you know, uh, not that I've ever been to a, to a dog race before, but, but they have, you know, when the greyhounds run, they'll put like an, a buddy, a stuffed animal or something on a track, and they'll run this thing in front of the dogs, and the dogs will chase it. I also think of Bugs Bunny as a kid growing up where, you know, they would have a carrot. He'd dangle it in front of somebody on a fishing rod and have the person chase the carrot. And, and there was something there in front of them, but they could never get there. They could never have it. And just run, 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 run. No, God prepared these things ahead of time for you, but so that you should walk in them. Can I just tell you, listen, what God has for you, it's, a, it's possible for you to have those things. What has God has designed for you, the future that he has ordained for you, it is possible for you to realize it, to see it, to go after it, and to attain it. It's possible. There's a work that's been, that has been started in each of us. It's a work that God has started, but I'm telling you, God is a good finisher. He will finish. Something that Oral Roberts had said, he said, uh, for many of you who know or- who Oral Roberts is, he's gone home to be the Lord. He said, don't park by your failures and don't park by your successes. Don't park by your failures and don't park by your successes. In this life, there are so many things that the the enemy knows that when you accept Christ, there's a new day. A new creature has been created and a new destiny has been birthed. And from that point on, up until that point, his, his entire t- attention was to blind you from what was possible, and what was been made available. And once you accept Christ, he's there to try to keep you from realizing what God has called you to do and to keep you to be a, a baby and as small and insignificant to, a, or of a threat to him as possible. Right? And so success and failures and these kind of things oftentimes will try to enter in and cause us to not go forward and go after what God has. Listen, you can't stay parked where you are. I said you can't stay parked where you are. Are you out there this morning? The price Jesus paid is too great a price for us to stay in neutral. The price that Jesus paid is too great for us to just just be satisfied with the blessings that we've experienced or discouraged by the opposition we have experienced. Listen, God is a good starter, but God is a good finisher. What he designed for you, he did it with you in mind, not just to to say that it was out there, but so that you would walk in those things. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what your background is, how good, bad, ugly, or indifferent it is. It's for you. And that right, that privilege, that expectation has been paid for by the very blood of Jesus Christ. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's so important that we not settle and not stay where we are. Amen. You know, I I was thinking last night, you know, my kids are getting older and uh, I just had my oldest Jack turn 13 and he's how hiding his face back there. Uh, as a pastor's kid, you just got to get used to being referred to in messages. I sure did. So, uh, so Jack, everybody look at Jack, wave at Jack. He's 13 years old, just turned 13. And, uh, oh, don't tell him happy birthday. He's already had too much attention. So anyway, uh, he doesn't want attention. But anyway, uh, you know, my kids are getting older and, and, uh, you know, we, we've had teenagers living in our house before. Jordy lived with us and different ones in the past of the years I've stayed with. But now this is my own child. Has hit 13 years old. It's a milestone, and then my middle son. You know, we do a 10th birthday trip in our house where we go somewhere and do something for the 10th birthday. So Nate and I just went on our 10th birthday, his 10th birthday trip. Definitely not my 10th birthday trip, his 10th birthday trip. And uh, you know, Mia is nine. Hers is coming up next year. Suddenly, I'm looking around, and my kids are growing up. And and, you know, they they everybody said when my kids were little, "Well, you just just hold on. It happens fast. It does happen extremely fast." And I think back, you know, there's a lot of good days and, and a lot of good things uh, that happen. And I, I'll say this, you know, when you when you're, have young kids, it's, I think it's probably one of the most frustrating times of life when you have little children at times. But there's also some of the most joys as well. And so I think back of all the things they did when they are little, and, 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 I, and I have fond memories of those things. But I can also tell you, I'm excited about what's coming. I have people say, oh, well, you got a teenager. I'm so excited I have a teenager in my house. I, I, she loves younger kids. I love teenagers. I'm excited. I've got a teenager in the house, you know, but I'm thankful for those things. But you know, there's also a lot of stuff in the past. I'm grateful we've moved beyond, right? Diapers are a thing of the past. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We spent eight years of diapers in my house. That is seven years, 11 months and 29 days too long of diapers in our house. Diapers. I'm glad they can take care of their own business right? I'm glad that they can feed themselves, bathe themselves. You know, at the time, it was just a process. It was just part of the journey. It was just a part of their development, but I'm glad they've developed beyond that. I'm glad of those things. I think back of teaching them to ride a bike. Oh, dear Lord. Now, some of them, I'm fond about the others. I'm not fond, you know? I ran up and down the driveway with Jack. I seemed like two days trying to get him to learn to ride a bike, you know? have ever been there before? And other ones just got on the bike. I look outside, they're riding their bike. Like, How did that happen? Well, Jack taught them. So anyway, <laughs> say, thank God when an older brother helps the younger ones because dad didn't know what he's doing, right? So the milestones that have these things. But, you know, in their life, I'm glad that life's not done, that there's, there's more ahead of them. I'm excited for what's ahead of them. And I look back in my life, and I'm fond of those memories of where I've been, but I'm also looking forward to what's coming, the day whenever we don't have kids in our house anymore. What? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm looking forward to that I'm enjoying where I am But I'm looking for—I'm looking forward to them paying their own bills Right When Jack was little he promised to buy me a Porsche 911 GT3 I'm looking forward to driving it He had no idea what he was promising me But dad remembers long, long I'm, I, 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 I have a great memory And every time we see one I'm like Jack remember that's what you're buying me says, I know i am got to buy you a Porsche 911 GT3 I said, That's right you do he, he's a man of his word. I'm going to hold him to it. I'm looking forward to that. But see, it's easy to get stuck where we are. The good, the bad, it's easy to get stuck where we are. You know, where you are, it, it, you may be in a good spot, you may not be in a good spot. But I, I will tell you, that whether it's good or bad, there's more for you. You know, Paul lived by this. If you want to look over at uh, Philippians chapter 3, Philippians the third chapter, and Paul, Paul lived this kind of life. Scripture that we all know, but we read here in Philippians chapter one. But just a few chapters later, in verse thirteen, Philippians three thirteen, Paul said, "Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do: forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. Notice, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a Monday waiting after today. There's a Tuesday. Well, there better be right." And, you know, God has good things for you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. There's good things ahead of us. It's so important that we not get sidetracked. Get sidetracked. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, it says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. You know, Paul, in that first scripture, said, I'm confident of this thing. God who began this good work in you, he'll, be, he'll bring it to completion. It's so important that we not cast aside our confidence. You know, last Sunday night, Brother Steve was ministering. I tell you, if you weren't here Sunday night, you need to go back and listen to that. And I will say this too, you know, I wish they wouldn't say this, makes me feel bad. It's, it's nothing like being in church to hear the message live. It's good online, but it's better live, right? But he taught a great message last week. I told him afterwards probably the best, best he taught. It was, he's been a lot of good ones, but it was especially good. And during, that, during his message, the Lord dropped this in my heart for, for this week. And, um, you know, we, what was I saying before that? Uh, uh, you know, we, we don't want to lose our confidence to what God has for us. And I really, you know, I don't know where you're at. You realize every time we come together, there are people in different places all around us. You realize that, right? See, a lot of times we, we come together and we, we come together to church or, or wherever and. And, you know, you, 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 you look around, everything looks like everything's going great, but you never know where somebody's at. I said, you never know where somebody's at. Can I tell you this, that struggles, opposition come to every single person? You do realize that, right? You do realize that. I remember one time, you know, somebody came up to, in a prayer line to Brother Hagin. and said, Brother Hagin, you know, uh, will you just pray that the devil will leave me alone? And he said, so you want me to pray that you're going to die? She says, no, I don't want you to pray that I die. He said, that's, about, that's the only way that you're not going to have opposition. That's it. That's the only way you're not going to have opposition is if you're no longer here. How many know there's no opposition in heaven? He's, he's not a factor there. But while we're here, he, he's very much, there is an enemy that's been arrayed against us. There is an enemy that is trying to influence our lives and trying to deter the kingdom of God from, from growing and being what it needs to be. And so everybody faces these things. Say, I don't know where you are. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's happening. But I tell you what, you got to keep pushing forward. You got to keep pressing on. You can never give up. You have to keep moving forward. Paul lived by this. Paul lived by these things. Listen, God is not going to give up on you. I said, God's not going to give up on you. I don't know about you, but that's encouraging to me. God is not going to give up on me either. Now, I, don't, I said I'll speak for myself. I've done a lot of stupid things. Thank you. Anybody ever looked in the mirror at yourself and just thought, what is your problem? Anybody? anybody come on. Have everybody done that before? What is your problem? Did your mother drop you on your head? Have you ever done that before? It's so easy to do that. We've all been there. You know, I'll say this. A lot of times in life, the things that, that, that happen or that, that we're faced with, um, you know, a lot of times they're, they're, the enemy is out there, but sometimes they're just our own stupidity. Come on. I never got a speeding ticket when I was younger. That was the devil's fault. It was always my own. Right? I I remember growing up, you know, I wrecked my parents' car three or four times. Aren't you glad I wasn't your kid, right? I mean, I, I... uh, I, 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 you know, they got me this old beater, and I was so mad they got me this beater. This is old ugly 1974 Ford F150, blue and ugly. I called it the blue monster. I mean, I was when I remember when my dad bought that brought that thing home. I was like, no, I, you have visions of grandeur. I'm 16. I'm going I'm gonna ride up in something great. And that's the thing he brought home for me. He was so smart. Years and years ago, soul side story, they had to replace the fence that surrounded the their tennis courts in High Springs. You know why they had to replace that fence? Because I knocked it down. <laughs> it was me. My brother and I went up one afternoon. He was home from, from college, and, and we we're going to go play tennis. And so he had his old sports car, and I'm in this 1974 Ford F-150, 0 to 60 in two days. I mean, your power steering was me. I mean, this thing was bad. You turn on the AC, and junk would blow out in your face. It was the, I kid you not. There was so many things about this truck that was so wrong. But anyway, so we jumped in the car. I jumped in the truck. He jumped in his car, and we'd race back to the house. And so I just didn't make the turn. I hit it, and I knocked the entire fence down. I mean, hit the corner pole and ripped the entire tennis court fence straight to the ground. I jumped out of the car. Sunday afternoon, there's people playing soccer, doing things. They're all looking, what is going on over there? I jump out of the car, and I look at it. And Steve, he gets out, and he's looking at it. We look at each other, and I said, what do I do? And he said, I don't know about you, but I'm leaving. And so I said, I said I'm leaving too. So I jumped in the car, and I sped off as fast as I could. So City of High Springs, I don't know what happens. So outside of here, we have no idea what happened. Well, statute of limitations, that's over. But anyway, try to make me pay now, brother. Anyway, so they can't get me anymore. But all they did was crack my flasher. Oh, this thing was awesome. That day, I loved that old piece of junk truck, right? But I, I wrecked. They got me something new, and 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 new, and I well, they bought something new. It wasn't for me. They bought something new. I wrecked it the first month we had it. hadn't even made a payment on it. and I totaled that thing. Oh, you, you think you've seen eyebrows around here? You have no idea. She had two or three deep on each side. I mean, those eyebrows were woo. They were huge. She bought another car. I mean, you know. That that wasn't the devil's fault. Huh? That was my fault. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't doing what I needed to do. I remember that time in my life. I was afraid for my life. When I wrecked that truck, I asked the police off. I literally asked them. We were, I was in Gainesville. I literally asked them if they could lock me up overnight instead of releasing me to my parents. I did. I asked them. I said, can you please, just tonight... Don't call them till the morning. They'll wonder what happened. Let them search. I'll just please arrest me. I begged them, just take me to jail. They didn't do it. I didn't walk straight for a while either after that. And no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I was, my mom said, I love you, but your butt's in a sling. You know you're in trouble when that's the answer you get on the phone. But anyway, that wasn't the, that wasn't the devil's fault, that was mine. And it went through a tough period in my life. And, you know, at that time, it, life was over for me at that point, seemingly. How many of God had great things ahead for me? So you may find yourself in a position where things have gone bad, and you say, what's well, my fault? Well, listen, the grace of God is bigger than your fault. I said the grace of God is bigger than your fault. I said the grace of God is bigger than your fault. Can I just say this? If I, I expect, I need, I desire, right? I, I, I look for God's grace in my life. When I do stupid things, I need it. Can I just tell you this? You're going to, whatever you sow, you're going to reap side thought here. But if you don't sow grace, you may not get as much grace coming back your way as you, as you should. God will extend grace always. He will never fail you. But it's also to get grace from other people. So you may find yourself in a place where it's your fault. Maybe it's just an attack of the enemy. There's more ahead for you. I said there's more ahead for you. You know, I was thinking about Joseph, and we'll, we'll it's 1140 here, thinking about Joseph. Let you me know the story of Joseph in the Bible. Joseph was a cool cat, right? And uh, 17 years old. You know, talking about doing things at our own fault. If you read that story, uh, when it first begins, Joseph is at the house and his brothers are out in the field working. And Jacob was a little annoyed with him. Why aren't you out there? Joseph had a little bit of a a, a, a little bit of a, a lazy streak, or huh? He was a Steve said he was a diva. He had a he had a fresh coat of many colors. His brothers were shopping at Sears, and he had his own tailor making his clothes, right? He had his own coat. They didn't get it. Shame on Jacob for letting him stay in the house playing the Xbox, right, when the boys are out working. But they're out there working, and, and you know, the Bible, the Bible said his brothers hated him. They hated him. They hated him. A lot of that had to do with rearing. Jacob allowed that situation to happen. And he was also lazy. So he, had, he shared some responsibility. But the, his brothers hate him, so Jacob sends him out to check up on us. But no older brother wants their little brother when they're working, coming out to see, I say a little 17-year-old little brother, not like it's five, a 5-year-old, five a 17-year-old, coming out to see how they're doing. Sends so them out to check up on him. They're out in the field working. They just hated him even more. Now, he had also been dumb enough to, to share some dreams that he had had, them bowing down to him, Another dream of his dad bowing down to him. How many you know that sometimes your dreams you ought to keep to yourself, right? Right? There are some things you just ought not talked about, right? Especially to the ones that are doing the bowing down. Just keep your mouth shut, right? See, he wasn't real smart there, but he came up, you know, and, and they hate him. And so much so they wanted to kill him. I mean, you got a lot of hatred when your brothers want to kill you. And had, it, had it not been for Reuben, they'd have killed Jacob that day. Think about that, your own, your own brothers deciding to murder you. And the one brother that's on your side, the best he could do is to throw you in a pit. That's not too nice either. I'm not real sure if that was worse or what. Was he just wanting to torture Jacob first? I really don't know, but it saved Jacob or, or Joseph's life that day, right? Imagine his situation. Things went from being really good, his daddy's favorite, the best threads, Right? Everybody knew who he was. And the next thing you know, he's in a pit. His family's trying to kill him. a lot of times we're in situations and things where life's going really great and then we get hit out of left field out of something we weren't expecting. Right? How you respond to that means everything. How you respond to that situation, it, it, it means everything about what happens next. I said, how you respond to that. I don't know about you, but i got to be honest about myself. I need to work on my responding a little bit. Hello? It may need some responding help in your life. I'll say this. The grace of God is there for you. Right? You throw him in this pit, and then it gets worse. Then they sell him to, to, to the, the Ishmaelites who take him to Egypt. Now he goes from throwing into a pit. Now he's sold into slavery. At least he's not dead, but now he's a slave. Gets into Potiphar's house. And in a short amount of time, you know, uh, uh, he begins to show that, it begins real evident that the blessing of God, listen, the hand of God was still upon him. The scripture says in there that the Lord was still with Joseph. Listen, what you're going through, God's still with you. I said, God's still with you. And so he began to prosper so much so that Potiphar put him in charge of everything. The Bible says that Potiphar only knew what the bread he was eating He's he so much left that in Joseph's hand. He was he all he knew he had was the food he was putting in his mouth. Meaning he didn't even care. He just trusted Joseph to take care of it. It's all gonna be fine. I'm just focused on my dinner. Here's somebody, if you're an employer, you have somebody working for you that you can just you just you can only all you have to do is think about what's right in front of you. Trust them that much to take care of everything. That's an employee that you keep, that you keep. That's someone that you want around you, right? That was that was Joseph. He gained favor, right? He's running the house. And then old Potiphar's wife. The Bible says that, that Joseph was handsome. He looked a lot like me, right? He was super handsome. He was handsome, so she started taking an eye for him. Now, listen, he's, he hasn't done anything. Maybe he made some mistakes in the past being immature, but he's now serving God. He's now letting God use him. He's now, uh, there's visions and dreams that God has given him in a call upon his life, something he's been ordained to do. And yet everything's going wrong for Joseph. She starts taking an eye for Joseph. The Bible says she wanted to lie with Joseph. That doesn't mean tell stories. We're talking about something else, right? She wanted to lie with Joseph and Joseph said, no, I can't do that. He didn't say because of Potiphar. He said, because of my God, I can't do that. See, in the midst of, of, of all of this stuff, Joseph came to the realization of where his source of happiness, where his contentment came from, right? He said, no, I can't do that. And she pursued him for many days. She didn't let up. She stayed after him. He stood his ground. Of course, we know, you know, she... She accused him of something he didn't do. It was her fault. She accused him of doing it. And Potiphar had no choice but, but to but throw him into prison. Had no choice but to do that. Then he had the baker and the butler show up. Both had dreams. One of the gifts that he had was he was able to interpret dreams. Can I say this? In the midst of, what, of, of your darkest night, your gift is still applicable? Come on, that was good, Pastor Greg. Thank you. In the darkest of night, your gift is still applicable. The grace of God upon your life still matters and it's still there to make a difference in your life and in the lives of the people around you. Don't just get so focused on the darkness and forget of the light that's on the inside of you. That light was his answer and his ticket out of that jail. Well, you get focused on the wrong thing and miss your opportunity. They had the baker and the butler had a dream. He interpreted their dream in three days. One of them's going to get reinstated in three days. The other one's losing his head aren't you glad you're not that guy, right? I don't know which one it was. It was the, the baker lost his head and the butler was reinstated. He said, remember me. Told them "Scott, remember me. When this happens, when, you, when this works out for you, you remember me. Two years go by. You ever had somebody let you down? Anybody here had anybody let them down? That you did something for them, went above and beyond, and yet they forgot you for two years? Hey, 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 right? I've been, I have and to be honest with you, I've been the one that's done the letting down. Uh-huh. Anybody else in the room in the same spot? Steve said no, not him. He just lied. <laughs> Two years goes by goes by. Pharaoh has a dream. He remembers this guy, this Israelite, calls him up, interprets his dream. You know all this started for Joseph, he was seventeen years old when Pharaoh called him up and placed him in the throne room. He went from dad's favorite to a pit, to a a slave, to a prison, and then to a throne room. 17 years old, was promoted by the time he was 30. 13 years have gone by. You think you've got it rough. 13 years goes by. 13 years. And even when his brothers came to see him, you know, he, didn't even, he wasn't even looking for vengeance. The Bible says that he wept when, when it was brothers. He went off by himself and wept. When he revealed himself, he sent all of the, 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 the Egyptians out of the room, and he embraced, they embraced one another. And he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't cuss them out. He didn't remind them of their failures. He said, listen, the Bible says that they were, uh, I don't know what the word is, they were basically, they were scared to death when he told them who he was. They were freaked out. Oh, my Lord, he lives And now he has the power to take our lives. They were so freaked out by that, so consumed. He said, listen, don't don't be troubled. They embraced one another and they wept together. That tells me all through the process, Joseph was protecting his heart. So Joseph was protecting his heart. The Bible says above all thing else, protect your heart, right? Protect your heart with all diligence. He kept his heart after God. He, He stayed in a place where he was extending grace, even when he had every right to not extend grace. I've not had too many people try to kill me, he extended grace. Stole my 20s from me, he extended grace. I want to read you the, go to, I'll read it to you in Genesis 41. We'll have some scriptures that we turn to me with in just a minute. I want to read this to you. Genesis 41, he had two boys after he was promoted to the throne room. Put in charge of everything in Egypt. In, verse, in Genesis 41, verse 50, and, and to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom a sineth, uh, the daughter of Potipharah, a priest of On, uh, bore to him. Joseph, verse 51, call, Joseph called the name of the first uh, Manasseh, I guess that's how you say that, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. In the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction." Manasseh just means simply to forget. Back then, names meant everything. It just means simply to forget. And Ephraim means to be fruitful. See, how did Joseph get to where he was? He forgot a lot of stuff. And then secondly, he was purposed to be fruitful in his life. He forgot a lot, but he purposed to go somewhere. Not stay where he was, but produce something with his life. I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's a huge thing. You've got to be confident in the work that he's begun in you. Last Sunday night as we were in service, the Lord gave me three, three things. And you can write these down. Go with me over to Lamentations chapter three, Lamentations, the third chapter. Three things that'll be important to you. Like I said there, you know, uh, the Lord gave me this for this morning and I know there's people here this applies to, but I guarantee if you live long enough, it's going to apply to you. (laughs) If you live long enough, you're going to need this. Lamentations chapter 3. My first one would be remember who you were. The first thing is to remember who you were. I thought you told us to forget those things. There's an aspect of that, but I'm talking about remember who you were. B.C. versus A.D. Before Christ versus after his death and your acceptance of his death. Remember who you were. I got born again really, really young right? I mean, how many here can say that you're, you're, you don't really remember days BC? You don't really remember BC days, before Christ days? I don't. I got born again four years old, I guess. I don't know. I remember I got filled with the Spirit, spoken tongues for the first time at five years old. I remember that, sitting in an old, in the old, old, ugly apartment in Tulsa, being filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't remember accepting Jesus. I, and I can tell you this, I accept Him every day, right? I always reaffirm He's my Lord. But that, but got filled with the Spirit, you know, at five years old. So I don't have this memory of this, this deep, dark past. But I, I looked around, and, and, and even my own parents' life, you know, they were very open about stuff that happened. B.C. does not compare to A.D. And I'm smart enough to look at somebody else's B.C. and their A.D. and, and make the decision, what do I want to have, right? But remember where you came from. In the midst of opposition, it's so easy to forget all that God has done for you. Some of you were a straight up mess, right? Some people had a lot of, and we've all been in messes, right? Remember where you came from. In Lamentations chapter three, it says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. This is verse 22. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. It goes on to say, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. I'm saying remembering who you were, where you came from. God is faithful. There's something of feeding on God's faithfulness. When you feed on something, it sustains you. Have you ever been there in tough times where you can't even, you have to work to think about where you came from? All you want to think about is problems. Take a step back and remember God's faithfulness in your life. Psalms 37 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. The New Living Bible says, take delight in the Lord. Sometimes you got to take something, right? There are things you got to take. Yeah, I can take things. Yeah, there are some things you got to take. Don't just wait for somebody to give it to you. You take delight in the Lord. How do you do that? By feeding on his faithfulness. Go over to um, Hebrews chapter 11. This this book and this chapter in Hebrews 11 is called the hall of faith. People re- listed here, I tell you, these are people who changed their generations, did things, right? Had God used them, fulfilled their, what God called them to do. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, it says, by faith, Sarah... herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because why? She judged him faithful who had promised. Remember where you came from. Notice, she conceived, received strength to conceive, and she bore a child. It started and it finished. That promise began and it ended, and she received the strength that she needed to do that by meditating on his faithfulness, remembering his faithfulness. Some of you today need to go home and make some notes, write some things down of what God has done for you, put them somewhere where you can easily go back and refer to it. So when tomorrow morning you wake up and you forget how handsome Pastor Greg was and how great his message was and how earth shattering it was, wow, you can read some notes about God's faithfulness. Because really what I got to say is not nearly as important as what God's done for you right? Make some notes about what he's done. And, and and open your eyes as you make some notes. If you begin to do that, there is so much stuff that God has done in your life that just exemplifies his faithfulness to you. Big things, little things. That tells me in big areas, little areas, his faithfulness applies to you. You'll give strength when you do that. Remember where you came from. The next one, and i and. And the Lord said this to me, and this is, uh, uh, I'll just say it this way enjoy where you are. Enjoy where you are. We're talking about going through stuff, Pastor Greg. You want me to enjoy where I am? Yes, enjoy where you are. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Is this all right this morning? 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This is Paul writing. Now, of course, Paul is the one that told the church in Philippi, you know. He was confident of this. He's the one we've been reading after. Notice this is Paul, Paul's account of his life. In 2 Corinthians 11, at the end of the 23rd verse, it says, "...in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often..." From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Just a fancy way of saying 39, right? Thank you, Paul. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. This boy ought not get on any more boats as far as I'm concerned. Uh, A day in the night I have been in the deep. Imagine how frightening that is. You ever gone out to the beach, you swim up too far, and suddenly it's, it's dark underneath you and you think you see something move? Right, and you're like Peter walking on water. He spent a day and a night in the in the deep. I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff going on underneath him that had his attention going, right? A day and the night I've been in the deep and journeys often in perils of water and perils of robbers and perils of my own countrymen and perils of the Gentiles and perils in the city and the perils in the wilderness and perils in the sea and perils amongst false brethren in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often in hunger and thirst and fastings often in cold and nakedness beside the other things what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. This was Paul's life. This is Paul's life. Can I, can I just say something? Can I just say something? I'm going to say it anyway. In America, we have a deflated uh, 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 view of reality. We have a skewed view of reality. We are so blessed. It is not a trial that you can't buy the newest iPhone the week it comes out. Get over yourself. Right? Do you know how many people lose their joy over that stuff? Lose their joy over the dumbest stuff. God wants you to have an iPhone. If you want to have the new iPhone, just don't let it have your joy. A person like that, that thing owns their heart. God doesn't have their heart. That stuff has their heart. Being in a room where we got construction going on, people are praising God in caves today. It's hot in here. People are sweating themselves up and taking all they can get of it. You know, that's the truth. Are y'all out there? I think about this sometimes. You realize Jesus is a real individual. (laughs) You, You do realize that, right? He really did exist. He really did walk the earth, right? He really did all the things the Bible says, and he really is alive even right now as we're talking. He is alive. Do you realize he's alive right this second? And he is aware. He's not alive, but in a coma. He's on life support because, after all, they raised him from the dead. They got to get him. No, he is alive and aware. He's aware of where you're sitting right now. He knows what you have on, He, he knows the number of your hairs. This is how aware God is. This is how aware the Lord Jesus, he knows that the hairs of your head are numbered, not just he knows the number. He knows the numbers. He knows what are yours and what are somebody else's. They got any extensions in here? He knows those. Oh, that did not belong to them. That was mine. That one they bought down the street. He knows those. Now think about this. He paid all of this, did all of this for us, laid so much aside I think about these things. We know God is love. We know that Jesus is full of love. But do you think it annoys him just a little bit when we come in and we're so consumed with dumb stuff? <laughs> oh, you now you're getting on my toes, Pastor Greg. I can't praise God right because I don't like this song. That's not my style. Well, hell wasn't your style either, right? In fact, no, the truth was heaven wasn't your style. He made it your style. This earth wasn't his style. He made it his style for you. I don't like what Brother Steve's wearing today. Well, I don't like what you're wearing today, right? We, 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 we've got to get past that. Impact Family Church, even here, we got to get past that stuff. You know I love you, right? I said, I love you. God has called us to do great things as a body. He's called us to do, he, we say great things, every church believes they've been called to do great things. Let's say it this way, God has a specific mission for us. And it's great. If it's from God, it's great. Right? We've got to be consumed with doing it. Let's not come to church and sit so we can be comfortable or worship comfortable. Y'all understand what I'm saying? If everybody was just hungry for what God had and put, pastor been talking about a great series about offense. I wish he'd get off offense. That's because you need it. Only offended people want the pastor to move on from offense. It's because you're getting annoyed. You're getting offended by it. Learn what hear what's being said. And he'll move on. I wish he'd move on. We'll get it. See, we, we let so much stuff affect us. Silly stuff affect us. People go from this church to that church because go over things that don't matter. And we wonder why we're not winning the world by storm. We wonder why there's not greater demonstrations of God's power amongst us when there's craziness going on amongst us. What fellowship has Christ with Belial? What fellowship is there with light and dark? Do you know what the answer is? None. If you're born again, you're in light, but are you living light? Are you walking light? Did you come in this morning with light or did you come in with dark on you? Yielding to an attitude that doesn't fit who you are. Mm. Well, that's the truth. I I might've lost half the crowd, but hey, listen, it's the truth. Jesus is aware of this stuff. I'm like anybody else. I can cop an attitude at the drop of a hat. Amen. Well, Pastor Greg, everybody just loves you. Listen, we all have stuff we got to get over. Right? We all have stuff we got to get over. It's not a special affliction on you, it's the truth. Man, let me ask we'll just say it this way. The next time you come to service, (laughs) the next time you come to service, when you come, why is it that you're there? Why did you choose to come? Question to ask. there's so many things. Our heart is everything. I came this time. I didn't come that time. I did this. Listen, stuff comes up. We get it. There's, there's There's no bondage here, right? But also, the other stuff comes up that just ain't stuff. It's excuses. I don't want to look at anybody. You do realize that some stuff happens, it's not, it's just, it's it's convenience. It's just pandering to the flesh. I'm going to tell you something. God's aware of that. He still loves you, but he sees it. The one with holes in his hands sees those things. Well wow. You know the more I know him, the more appreciative I am for what he's done for me i, I, I don't want to offend my greatest champion i don't want to, i don 't want to hurt the one who gave up so much for me gave up everything for me. The next time we come together, do you come with something to offer? Do you come with an attitude to worship him or do you come just, just to Check something off your list. Well, we want church to be fun, and it is fun when your heart's involved. It is great. But we know too much just to, you know, our heart oftentimes, if it doesn't condemn us, it should. we got to move on. Paul went on in 2 Corinthians, of all this stuff that was going on, he said, all those things that happened, he said, for, this, for our light affliction is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. He called it my light affliction. You can enjoy where you are. It's a matter, I think Amy said it this morning it's a matter of perspective. Didn't you say that? Yeah, it's a matter of perspective. It's our light of affliction is, but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Uh, The next verse says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen for the things that are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Pain is temporary. God's glory and the price he paid is forever, right? Inconvenience is temporary. It'll let up. You stick with what God's called you to do. Philippians chapter 4, I'll just read these. You can write these down. We're running short on time. It says, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly, Philippians 4.10, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. I just love the grace that Paul extends. He said, I know you did care. You just he was even believing the best that the reason why they weren't supporting is because they just lacked the opportunity to do so. That's a man whose heart is right. Whose heart is right. He said, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. I know how to be a base, and I know how to abound. Notice, everywhere in all things I have learned, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Word of faith people don't like that, because they think that's doubt somehow. You're going going to have opposition, y'all, and you can still maintain your joy in the middle of it. He said, "I've I've learned to be content. Learn to both be full, be hungry, to bound, to suffer need. And he goes on to say, well, h- how does he do that? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He knew who God was. Mm. James 1 says, my brethren, count it all joy. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Let this patience have its perfect work that you may be perfected and complete, lacking Nothing. Listen, you can't cook a good meal without some heat. Right? There are some problems. I'm not a cook. I can, I can make hot dogs and popcorn. Right. That's, that's, that's cooking right there, brother. I can grill a, a mean hot dog, I tell you. I, I, can, I can grill good steaks. But, Amy, I was the steak guy at her house, and now she makes steaks that I don't even bother because hers are so good. What's the point? But, anyway, if you ever had her steaks, you know what I'm talking about. They're, hey, they're good. But most meals, you've got to have some heat. If you avoid the heat, you avoid the good meal. Everybody wants a testimony, you gotta have some heat. It's not a testimony if there was no test. It's just a money. I And I even know what that is. Right? Some of some of us just looking for monies in life. And really what that turns into it's oh well, 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 just moy, right? Hmm. Gotta have some heat. Enjoy where you are. Listen, it's an opportunity to honor him. Psalms 34 verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hebrews 13, write this down. Hebrews 13 verse 15. Therefore, by him let us continually, everybody say continually. Pastor, listen to the message and hate that part. Continually offer, if you were here last week, you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, Continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. If you're going to do this continually, it's going to be involved in times of testing, trials, opposition. Right? It's a sacrifice of praise. I have been guilty of it in the past, coming to church and something's going on and my attention's on that and not on God. I miss my opportunity to make a sacrifice, to lay aside what's affecting me and put my attention upon him. That's a sacrifice of praise. Make that sacrifice. Make a sacrifice. Set those things aside for him. Honor him. God will take care of you. So enjoy where you are. And the last one is press towards where you're going. Number one, remember where you were. Number two, enjoy where you are. Number three, press towards where you're going. Philippians chapter three, we read, read this already, but now not that I've already attained, this is verses 12, 13 to 14, not that I've already attained or imperfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Christ has laid hold of you. He's got his hands on you, brethren. I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. One of Joseph's biggest uh, uh, strengths was his ability to forget. One of his biggest strengths was his ability to let stuff go, to avoid depression, to avoid discouragement, to just let it go. And to keep pushing. Listen, you can't hold two things at the same time in this area. You can't hold resentment and hold on to what he has for you at the same time. You can't hold on to a past or a problem and still hold on to his grace. You can't hold on to both. Hebrews chapter 12, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Listen, folks, we are all under construction. We are all under construction. There are things that we are all going through. Listen, I sympathize. let me just say this. I know we got to go. You, we can sympathize. Jesus sympathizes with us. We can, can sympathize with one another. You weep with those who weep. You rejoice with those who rejoice. But, you know, there's a difference in sympathizing and throwing a pity party. Can I say this? Sometimes word of faith people don't know how to sympathize with one another. Sometimes the best thing you can do at the time is just say, you know what? I love you. Don't try to have all the answers because you don't know what you're talking about. So, I love you. I'm here for you. You pray for them. Right? But then also we need people to come alongside. So, all right, all right let's, I'm here. I'm with you. Let's, let's run this together. Let's, let's finish this out. Right? That's what we're here for one another. We're a family. That's what families do. Well, not Joseph's family, but normal families, that's what they do. There are a lot of Christians who have a Joseph's family approach, where they kill one another, slaughter one another. I'll say this: we have, we we're we're good about that around here, but we can be better. I said we can be better, encouraging one another. Listen, we're all under construction. There are things that are happening, and and I, I, Kendra asked uh, Miss Veronica on, on Wednesday night. She said, "Veronica, what do you think of what they're doing so far?" And Veronica said, "Well, it's messy." Don't you just love somebody who won't give you a real answer? She said this when I was harassing her about it this morning. She said, well, I'm not a, what'd you say? I'm not a, she, she said, I'm not a, a person who sees the finished product. I just see what's in front of me. And it was messing Wednesday night. Well, you're right. It was messy. Maybe you're at a place where all you see is mess. Maybe it is messy, but no, it's not done yet. No, God's not finished with you yet. His grace is sufficient. Amen. Let's all stand.